Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Sunday for Sunday, February 25th, 2024. We've got another great show for you this week. David Levine and Kevin Walsh of Groom Law Group, also known as the Legal Eagles, will be here to help break down what's happening on Capitol Hill. And then we'll be taking a look back at Friday's program, a very powerful program with Dr. Samir Sinha of Sinai Health. And we're taking a look at the Canadian retirement system. And, well, it seems like Canadians are no different than other Western countries in that they're concerned about their retirement. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode of BRN Sunday. We're going to kick things off with a look at what is happening on Capitol Hill. There is a ton going on. We're going to talk about some initiatives going on this morning. Joining me on the line that the Legal Eagles, David Levine, Kevin Walsh, both are principals with Groom Law Group. And as you know, if you follow the show, that's an employee benefits law firm based in Washington, D.C. Eagles, great to talk to you and great to have you both back. Thank you, Jeff. You know, one of these days we're going to tell you like Groom has moved and create this awful rumor, but but it is true. We are firmly anchored in the District of Columbia. Absolutely. Uh, and we appreciate that. Really great insight, as always, from you and your colleagues. Kevin, let's transition to you because there's a hearing coming up next week. I think Senator Sanders has uh, made an announcement. There's a hearing on the 28th. Um, tell us about the hearing. And, and apparently there's a, not apparently there's he's, he wants to address the retirement crisis. Yeah, Jeff. So one topic that we've talked about uh, for you know years and years around the retirement space is a coverage gap. Uh, and the idea is that, you know, while we may complain about the effectiveness of our retirement system in getting folks to a secure retirement, um, there are plenty of workers who, you know, don't even get into the retirement system in the first place because their employer doesn't offer a, you know, 401k plan or a traditional pension plan. Um, if we look at what's going on in DC right now and what Senator Sanders is looking at, you know, Senator Sanders is looking at how there's been a decline in the number of defined benefit plans over time. And I, I think David's going to talk more about the kind of the evolution of the retirement system. Um, and so on February 28th, he's holding a hearing, a full committee for the, the Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. Uh, and the, the name of the hearing is Taking a Serious Look at the Retirement Crisis in America. What can we do to expand defined benefit pension plans for workers? So I think what we'll expect to hear next week is there'll be probably a fair amount of you know, testimony about the value of defined benefit plans in contrast to other ways to save for retirement mm-hmm. and and probably you know questions with questions to some plan sponsors or unions where there used to be more defined benefit plans and they've shifted away to defined contribution plans uh, or you know eliminating retirement benefits at all uh, yeah. before i throw it to david to talk a little bit more about you know the evolution of the retirement system and why a hearing like this uh is being held I just want to flag for listeners, there's there's one other thing going on in D.C. right now, uh, and that's that we are careening towards another government shutdown date. Uh, we'll have more of that next week, but March 1 and March 8 are the two funding deadlines that are coming up. So keep your eyes on that. We'll talk more next week. Uh, but in the meantime, I want to throw it back to David to talk a little about the evolution of the retirement system and, and you know, why Senator Sanders seems to think there's been you know, why we need to focus on defined benefit plans. Yeah. And David, can I just tee it up? This is from the press release. In the richest country in the history of the world it is a national disgrace that one in 10 seniors live in poverty. We have the tools to ensure that every senior in America can retire with the dignity and security that they deserve. And it's time to act. I can't do his voice, but that's from the press release announced on 20, on the 21st for the hearing next week. Go ahead, David. Good to have you back. 
Oh, it's great to be here. And thanks, Kevin. And thanks, Jeff. I, I think as we start this discussion, one of the things to keep in mind is what's gone on in the last 50 years since ERISA was passed. Uh, this year is ERISA at 50, and we're all talking about what comes in the future. And I think everybody is trying to have a dialogue. Is it a growth of defined benefit or is it a return to lifetime income? Another discussion for another week. We've touched on it before. But the reality is, is over the last 50 years, defined benefit plans, and there are many flavors and types, have declined significantly. Why? The tr traditional so-called final average pay pensions, where it was basically you take your average salary and multiply it by a certain number of years, and you come up with a magic formula that tells you your monthly benefit. Those benefits are funded and assets go up and down and companies, some companies have had success, but many have found that when the markets go down, they really need to put a lot more cash in these plans, which makes it hard for companies trying to have consistent earnings and everything. So you've seen a large move away from DB plans and legacy companies. Some still have them, especially, especially those with like large bargaining populations. And you've also seen most new companies go straight to a 401k. That's why we have the discussions of do we need lifetime income? Because how do we, in a sense, DBify or pensionify like defined contribution plans? And where does this take us at this point? Is it's we're at an interesting moment because right now, many people I'm sure have seen the IBM headline about them reopening their pension plan, where they basically remove some of the employer contributions to their 401k and start doing it through a pension again. So it's guaranteed. There's pros and cons. Because some people say, that's great, it's guaranteed. But other people say, but in my 401k, I think I can earn more money on the money rather than I think it's the 6 or 7% that IBM guarantees. Also, what we're seeing right now is we're seeing a lot of unions. We saw this in the UAW negotiations with the automakers uh, are pushing to get their pensions restarted if they've shut them down. In fact, the UAW didn't get that, but they got other changes to their benefits that enhanced them. But I'm aware of people setting up new define benefit plans and new solutions and looking at the IBM and other models at this point. So what Senator Sanders is having in a hearing really is a discussion of where are we, but the, the, rather than sort of go with a binary DB or DC, I think we're really talking right now about are there ways to blend the best of both that is practical and workable and economically possible? Because underneath it all, there's only so much money in employers and it goes between wages, benefits, and it's about figuring out how to make this process work. So it'll be interesting to see where the hearing goes, Jeff. Yeah, I, I'm actually, that's one I may tune into because, you know, this one has to me a little bit of political theater into it. It's an election year, as we all know, and we've talked about, and we'll get into that later during the summer and the, in the fall. And uh, one one um, plan that you I don't think you mentioned, David, was Alaska. I don't know if you you saw that. Um, yes. is is reverting back to its defined benefit plan. So it's reopening its DB plan after having gone into a DC-centric approach. So, you know, uh, again, I think it's a healthy conversation. You want to take the best of all worlds. Um, and, and there are probably new plan designs that they're probably going to be considering. So I think it's going to be clearly a, a nice conversation. Well, I don't know if it's going to be nice, but it's <laughs> going to be a healthy conversation. Agreed. Yeah. Well, Eagles, we're going to have to leave it there. And uh, maybe we'll get, uh, you know, like we can't do an as of streaming to w while the hearing is going on. It would be kind of interesting to eat some popcorn with you guys and 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 do like a stream along to that hearing. But we'll get your feedback from that next week. Eagles, great to talk to you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll have you back next week. Yeah, Jeff. Someday Thank we'll do so a, a mystery science theater. Uh, <laughs> That'd uh, be hearing. so.
up That'd now. Be funny. You know, listeners, have a great week, and Jeff, have a great week. Yeah, we like uh, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye, guys. Have a great weekend. Take care. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. Well, Friday, I think, was a very powerful show. We had Dr. Samir Sinha of Sinai Health. It's a Toronto, Ontario-based uh, healthcare provider. But we discussed the Canadian retirement system. And guess what, folks? Uh, Canadians are also concerned about their retirement plan. So let's give that part of that episode a listen. Dr. Sinha, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Uh, this is an interesting one. So uh, you're in Toronto and I'm in the United States, but the, the headline on this particular article in the survey was only 35% of working Canadians age 50 and older um, can afford to retire. And, and I could have swear that I'm reading something in the U.S. based on U.S. statistics. How close, I mean, obviously we're, we're separated by a, by a border, uh, but this, this seems to be a, a, a recurrence across many developed nations. It's a, it's a big issue, like across many developed nations, because it reminds us that, you know, while some of us, you know, have earned enough money and focused on our savings and, and may have access to a good, you know, uh, private pension in addition to, you know, social security or, or in Canada, we call it the Canada pension plan. Um, you know, we know that a lot of people are struggling to make ends meet, you know, during their day to day lives. So they're just trying to put food on the table or, or pay for a roof over their head. But at the same time, they're also uh, saying, I don't even have 
the ability to save for retirement. So what we're seeing is that uh, just like a number of older Canadians are saying, I'm sure it's the same thing in the United States where a lot of people are saying, look, you know, uh, I might have access to some social security benefits, but I haven't really, you know, saved up a lot of money independently and I might not have access to a workplace pension plan. So I'm not sure if I have enough money to retire, um, if I'll be able to afford unexpected costs like long-term care costs that might, might arise. And, uh, and I might have to just keep working uh, well into my golden years, if you will, just so I can afford to live. So this is not a, a Canadian thing. This is actually something common, increasingly common in many developed countries around the world. And it's something we have to address uh, for the health and well-being of, of older adults. Yeah, and, and, and thanks for that. And, and I want to talk a little bit about longevity, too, and add that here. Uh, it used to be the, uh, and I don't, I'm not sure exactly what it is in Canada, but I have to think it's very similar. The mortality rate uh, or the age that, that you live to, exp life expectancy uh, age, continues to go up. That means that your money has to last longer. Uh, just based on this survey, and again, it's eerily familiar, as we just talked about, to the U.S. and probably some other developed nations. Um, you know, th that money that you're accumulating has to land, last longer. Do we need to do a better job of communicating all these different retirement apparatuses, whether it's a defined contribution plan where you put money away, a pension plan that you were talking about, the Canadian pension plan or some other apparatus? Yeah, we have to do a much better job because, you know, again, as you just, you know, help to put in perspective with changing life expectancies, if you're born in 1900 in the U.S., your life expectancy was 47 years of age in Canada. For some reason, we were always a little bit healthier, I guess. So it was 51 years <laughs> of age. But we now know that the average person in the U.S. will live till about 78 years of age in Canada is about 82 years of age. So we're living longer than ever before. And when we created programs like Social Security or in Canada, the Canada Pension Plan, that was about, you know, in our in the 50s and the 60s. You know, that was years ago when the average person in the U.S. or Canada didn't live beyond their 60s. So this this idea that, OK, you work till you're 65, you then retire and you'll be dead in a few years. No, that's not really the case, because now if you make it to 65 in our society and the good news is most of us will, you're going to have about 20 years of life expectancy ahead of you. Uh, and while the good news is most of those are going to be relatively good health, not all of them will be. And so you have to not just kind of think about how long you might live beyond when you might plan to retire. But the number one fear amongst older people is that they might run out of money. And so, you know, you have to kind of start thinking young about, well, when do I plan to retire? Um, how long might I live? Um, what is the lifestyle that I expect to be living and what will that cost? Um, and that needs to include the fact that, you know, if you were covered under workplace drug prescription plans and, and other coverage plans, some of that coverage may no longer exist when you're older. So are you accounting for those potential costs? If you become disabled and you need home and community care, um, how much is covered by your local state or, or organization? Do you have private funds to pay for someone to come in and care for you in your own home? So it's understanding what those costs might be, um, what when you aspire to retire, and then making sure you have enough money. And for so many people now, without workplace pension plans, they might have you know these retirement savings accounts, you know those you know four hundred ones, those four hundred three plans, for example, that you put money in. But the challenge that we have for so many people now 
is beyond things like social security or, or other pensions. Um, often, if you have these savings mechanisms, you know, all you do is you retire, you end up with this pot of money, and then you've got to figure out how to manage it, you know, for the rest of your life. And that's a, a that's a really tough challenge because do you know how long you're going to live? Not really. Do you know if you're going to get cancer? Who knows? Do you know if you're going to have those supports? You don't know. And so trying to manage that becomes really problematic. And that's why, you know, we're trying to look at new mechanisms or things where people can say, OK, this is what I've actually saved. And if I turn it into kind of a pension kind of plan idea where I can get a, a defined and secure a, a amount of, of income every month for the rest of my life, you know, these are kind of things that we're trying to look at, um, you know, better products that are affordable and make sense for people because it can help them plan and feel more secure uh, for the rest of their lives as well. Well, that was certainly an interesting segment. And I guess there's some reassurance there. One, Americans and other countries, we're not alone. We're in this kind of the same boat. How, do, how much do we have for retirement? How much do we need to save? But look, we've got to step up. We've got to take personal accountability, but we need help from policymakers as well. I want to thank Dr. Sinha and uh, the National Institute of Aging in Canada for their uh, participation. Thanks so much. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Sunday. Have a topic of interest. Somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in an all-in-one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, visit our website. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. We'll have a very special guest. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes.